everybody and welcome to another sonic talk today we're recording live on wednesday the 12th of september this is uh, sonic talk 282 streaming live and we've got a live chat room sonicstate.com forward slash live where you can find us uh, every wednesday about this time uk time 4 p.m uh, sonicstate.com forward slash live i already said that though didn't i um so i want to say hi to our guests um we've got we'll start over here with um let's start with Mark Tinley. Mark Tinley's not in bed, um, but he is sporting a pair of rather smashing-looking DJ headphones there. Mark Tinley, lightbeing.com, sound designer, and um, someone about to move um, down to this neck of the woods, right? Is that what you're working on? We are working on doing that, yeah. Excellent. Well, that'd be fantastic. To Glastonbury. I'm going to move there, and I'm going to sit on the street, and I'm going to become like one of those weird spiritual gurus, and I'm going to hold people's hands and take all their money. All of their money. Now, now that sounds like a good plan. (laughs) <laughs> taking all of their money uh, capitalist hippies there's the best yeah, kind absolutely. the best kind but, anyway mark thank you very much for joining us really do appreciate having you here as usual and we'll also go over there to gaz williams uh, songsurgeon.co.uk is where you may be able to find him when he gets his website back together but in the meantime i can tell you what gaz is gaz is a bass playing music producing sound engineering songwriting kind of guy how are you gaz yeah, I'm. I'm good. I'm. I'm. I've been overloaded this week because I've been. Well, I mean, I'm, I've been waiting for my Cuneo for since January, I think, uh, or the, and that came this week. And yay, there's a Cuneo. And I also have been waiting. I think a similar amount of time for the Sonus of Wahoo, which came today. And is I'm a bit overloaded with it because both things are amazing, but the Wahoo is just. Ah, it's just the best. What does it look like? I haven't seen that. There's the bit... Oh, it's a wah pedal kind of thing with. Um... You see that there? Oh yeah, cool. Wow, that looks What's cute. What's it called? A wahoo. <laughs> that it's looks really just... exciting. I've got to be on it. It's called the. It's just come out. Sonus wahoo. I've got to be honest. This is the best pedal. I've ever used in so many ways. Uh, what's really cool about it, just very briefly, is that it's it's an old analog filter. In fact, there's two completely separate filters that you can configure. It's digitally controlled, but it's an all analog uh, signal path. So it seems like the best of both worlds. Uh, and you you can do things like you can have it like acting as like a low pass filter, maybe, or right. what. But you could have the other filter set to do things like uh, like either um, be a off an LFO or on an envelope filter, or um, interestingly, it's got pitch. It's got a pitch tracking filter on it, and I've been doing this today. I've been really excited about this. Um, you might remember we covered the Surfer EQ. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, the thing that cracked the pitch so that so that the yeah. fundamental. Well, would, yeah. Effective, yeah, effectively, this can do that. So uh, it, it, it'll only track it monophonic. Yeah, in like hardware. Like a whammy pedal. Like a whammy pedal. No, 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 no! It doesn't affect the pitch. The pitch affects it. Yeah, exactly. So, so for instance, if you just put like you set one of the filters to like like a little bandpass bump, uh, you know, with a little bit of resonance, and then it tracks what you're playing. So it's just like it's like an intelligent enhancer because it's just going to follow what you play. So, uh, 
and so far I've just been playing with that and it is brilliant. Um, so, ah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we talked about maybe getting over here and uh, showing us what it can do, right? So, Well, I was hoping it was going to be good, but it's actually better than what I was expecting. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but something that's dead cool, just well worth mentioning, though. It's got a USB port on it. It's got a, comp- it's got a wicked editor for it. But also, it will work just as a class-compliant USB foot controller. Ah. And- Oh, that's that well. is super. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I could go on and on and on and on and on about this thing. Uh, but, um, yeah, hopefully we can make a video of it. I, I just, everything about it, like the, the action on the pedal, you, you can choose between, I think it's 18 different filter curves. So that Jesus. sort of thing, as you sweep through it, which is basically like a log, logarithmic or, you know, like linear. Uh, but it just means as you sweep through it, you can really tailor the kind of the reaction you know and that's so musical you know you find the right one for you and so as you move around quite often with a lot of the things that i've used in the past and i don't know if anyone else has had experience with expression pedals but sometimes you get like all the action happening in a really small part yeah, of the track yeah, yeah. You know? uh, with this you can just kind of make the the the, the action just like uh, you know you know for the whole travel i've just shot a video it's just gone online about a minute ago Ooh. of me playing it in low pass filter mode so i'll pop a link in the chat room for that but um yeah I'll yeah please like- do I'll, I'll fire it up we can have a look how much is it gaz um well it's this price is 325 pounds okay but they have been doing it on like a pre-order because it's like a brand new thing for 200 pounds so quite quite a lot cheaper right whether that offer is still on i'm not sure now now the things have actually kind of uh i've kind of come out i think uh so uh but well worth well worth checking out it's just uh, something about that which is good is that every single bit of the design of it is incredibly well thought out like little things like like you can run it on nine volt you can run it off usb power or you can run it off four aa batteries uh, just little details like that. And, you know, if you're running it off batteries, you can just press and hold two buttons and it'll give you like a battery indicator of how much battery life you've got left. Just stuff like that, you know, it's just like, oh, that's great. It's what people should be making, I think, these days. You know, this kind of, like, you know. Sweet. Is that a multi-utilitarian brilliant thing? That sounds great. I can't wait to... I'm really intrigued now. Thanks for that, Gaz. So that's the okay, that's, the, cool. that's the, um, the Sonus Wahoo. Um, it does look really rather cool. I've, I've got a little uh, <laughs> little uh, slideshow here of it, although it's not quite in screen. I'll have to probably uh, just move that up a bit. I think somebody's... There we go. If I can do that, that'll probably get it up there. There we go. Nice. Anyway, well, thanks, Gaz. <laughs> we'll say hello to Dave Spears now. Oh, no, that's Mark Tinley. We'll say hello to Dave Spears now. He said, trying that again. Dave I've Spears. I've got one of those. Do you, you haven't? No, I've got a pencil. <laughs> Is that all? Yeah, it's got a rubber on the tip, so it's quite cool. But it's, it's not as cool as that. That looks so well made as well. It does look really good, actually. I'm, I can't wait to get my hands on that one. That sounds very interesting. Gaz, if you could do one thing for me, I think maybe your US, if you've got a USB audio interface, I think it might be doing a bit of zon. You might have to unplug and replug it because it's got that. It's doing that thing that um, happens from now, from time to time. Anyway, yeah, it sounds like that's what's going on. So anyway, that the gang is here. 
That's everybody. So the Sonus Wahoo uh, will actually try and get a hold of one. Get, oh, well, certainly maybe Gaz can come over and give us a bit of a run-through. We could do some more video. But if you post me the video link, that would be fantastic. Have you have you used it on the intro theme? Because it sounds like the intro theme's changed slightly. It sounds either the person's... It sounds like they've got... Is it, are there, are there consonants de- depreciating? Well, it sounds like either a lisp or... Cleft palate, or something. It's funny that you should say that, but it's been, it's been, I think it's just been becoming more apparent. I think it was always there, but the more you listen to it, the more you realize that it says Sonic, it sounds like Sonic Cake. <laughs> but that. it's not, it's Sonic, <laughs> SonicCake.com. <laughs> it's not very good at um, teas. I thought it was my Skype or something. No, it's a Sonic Thade. Well, it might be that too. I did. I tell you, I was going back through some old episodes and just sort of listening, just for just to check the differences between sound quality, and it was about a million times times better than uh, than it had been so, uh, in the past. I think Skype just has you know just does that thing. It's just as more people use of it. Uh, yeah, as as Howling Terror says in the chat room, it's like Onic uh, Onic Tate dot com Tonic Tate and all so those when things. We're going to go into um, uh, Google. Um, well, uh, yes, Mark, I would like to try that, actually. I think it will make sense. I think it's just a question of booking a time and all getting together and seeing if it will work with two or three people and just having a go with it. And I was also hoping to wait until I got the um, the studio quality upgrade thing. All right. Yeah. but uh, Which I haven't yet. It hasn't been uh, my Google account. I quite like the idea of being able to control my lower third, you see. Yeah, no, that no, sounds pretty... I like the hats. Have you seen the hats? Uh, yes, I d- yes, there are hats. I'm not sure I want to necessarily relinquish control of all the visual effects to whoever feels like it. <laughs> but you <laughs> can't I... have a lower third and a hat, can you? I don't know. <laughs> I haven't looked into not... it that oh. much, actually. I was playing around with it. You can have a moustache as well. It tracks, like, so you move around like this and the moustache follows you around <laughs> the screen. It's all excellent. sorts of bizarre things. I wonder if you can have other stuff as well. But anyway, that sounds brilliant. So thank you very much um, for uh, the introductions. Uh, yes, we will try the Google um, Hangouts at some point and see how that works. It's a question of uh, just getting the video routing and what have you sort of. So what, uh, first this week, ah, yes, this is the, the D12 makes a comeback. Now this is, um, if I can just find my mouse, it's just here. Good old D12, and I don't know if anybody... Um, oh, that's the wrong button. This is the right button. So this is uh, the D12, AKG D12. You may remember the original D12 and the original D12E that was an egg shape, all these things. And I just wondered, really, um, you know, this they're trying to get it back as, as the bass drum mic of choice. And I did actually have a video, which I can play, which is a great mic shootout video from... Uh, somebody called Kobe Fahi Studio, and he's got a whole bunch of other mics. Here. So this is what various mics sound like on the kick drum. This is the uh, original D112. Although the D112 was the one after the D12. I mean, you're not going to be hearing an awful lot of. Um, detail over youtube and that there's certainly i don't think i think these are all flat that there's nothing going on but i thought it was a great idea and it made me also think about what what is your preferred bass drum by unfortunately rich couldn't make it here um this week because he's had to go to work um a, a bit earlier so that's just the way it goes but i always used to use an re20 
uh, which is a bit like this, except this is actually a Procaster, which is a dynamic mic. It's big, long. It used to be used for uh, it's a voiceover mic, sort of American radio voiceover mic. That's what I was used to use. That's my favourite because it seemed to have the most sort of bottom end. I know, Gaz, I'm guessing you probably do the most um, recording. What do you use on a bass drum? Uh, well, I use a few different mics. I love using an RE20. Uh, there's no proximity effect on an RE20, which is kind of quite interesting. It kind of means you get a, you don't get that big sort of bloom in the kind of close end. But actually, uh, when it's a close up, but I think that works well. You get a really nice sound with a kick drum. I always like to use two microphones, really, when I'm doing a bass drum. One inside. I tend to use a D112, actually, as my inside mic, because uh, it kind of is tailored for that kind of getting that click in the wump you know but uh but i always feel that it doesn't give quite the right impression of the whole bass drum so i like to use a condenser microphone um just slightly outside and slightly uh, just about six inches or so outside the bass drum and i'll use i mean ideally if i've got ha- my hands on it I've, a neumann u67 is one <laughs> yes i haven't got one of them but uh, whenever i've used one um, in that particular situation is brilliant and then just kind of make sure that there's a nice kind of phase coherence between them and then get that uh, get that blend of the two uh, the d12 i have used uh i've used numerous times and um woolly yeah, I'd, I'd say woolly <laughs> yeah i've never really liked them although i think the one that i've had experience of i'm not sure is completely working properly so that, that might be the reason but um uh, uh yeah, I mean, you know, you just have to have a look at how many wonderful tracks have been recorded with a D12. So, I mean, you know. Yeah, I, I used sure. to use uh, Sennheiser 421 as well. That was another thing that we used to use. Uh, I do. Whatever I, was live, but. <laughs> I, got, I got to tell you, though, with, with an RE20, when, <laughs> it's a terrible story, really. But uh, one of the first times I was in a recording studio, I was sitting there listening to some playbacks and I noticed that it was an RE20 sort of just on the, on the, on the settee there. And I just picked it up and I thought, oh, it's interesting, oh, you know. And then I, I just thought, oh, I'll have a look, in, I'll have a look inside it because I didn't know how the capsules work because it's got all these like, kind of panels along the side of it. And I just started unscrewing it and it went pop, 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 pop. Oh, dear. Did it explode? Gaz, you seem to have disappeared. I'm guessing that um, your bandwidth... He's broken himself. He's broken. <laughs> Not only did he break the RE20, but he's broken broken, broken the podcast as well. Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, yeah, that's, ter- that's <laughs> terrible. You see, there, there must be... Uh, Gaz, Gaz is just rebooting there. Yeah, a terrible story. Get, uh, Mark, I'm guessing you probably uh, like to use all sorts of interest. There, there, there's that thing, isn't there, with the using uh, a speaker in reverse... <laughs> And that seems to work really well um, for getting a lot of sub out of the kick. I, I don't know. I, I've traditionally always used the D112, actually, bizarrely. You'd expect... I'm supposed to have done more strange things, aren't I? I mean, my favourite sound for a drum kit is to take one, one U87 and stick it on a stand about three feet away from the kit. And to me, that sounds like someone playing the drums. So I suppose... Or, or just any nice mic that I can lay my hands on. Something yeah. that's fairly accurate and gives a nice overall picture and i think drums in mono where and take the bloody blanket out the bass drum so that it rings a bit and and sounds a bit kind of you know like a bass drum and not just like a click otherwise it doesn't make any sense to me you might as well just i don't know all these tight kind of um things you know tight 
uh, clicky drums sound like samples anyway. I want I, so if I'm using samples and loops or, and drum machines, when I have a drum kit, a real drum kit, you want it I to want sound like a real to sound like a real drummer playing a real drum kit, and I want it to be slightly. Like, I don't want it to be like absolutely quantized perfect. I want it to have like a bit of movement around it and I want it to have a bit of space around it and I want it to sound like you know there's loops and stuff happening, groove, there's a groove and there's a real drummer playing a real kit who's part of this kind of whole you know drum experience thing. So, so that really, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense actually. And I mean, the thing about micing, close micing bass drums is you don't really get all the real bottom end out of a bass drum until you're sort of quite a long way from it because it takes a while for that very low fundamental to actually grow and uh, and, and come out at you, doesn't it? Really. So, I mean, sticking it right inside. I mean, for live, it's it can work. I seem to remember Rich was saying that he used that Hewlett Packard um, tone generator and put and. Um, I oh, put a hertz tone, and then they used to um, just gate, gate that, that underneath the bass drum, so that would give them the bottom end of the bass drum, which sounds right. like an interesting thing. Yeah, yeah, I see. So Gaz keeps ringing me up. Um, I, I can't take that on here. Yes, I'm trying to get you back, Gaz. Actually, I'm not sure what's going on there. You should, oh. you should be there. It's just your video hasn't come back. Oh, just got a brand new internet connection here. Ah. <laughs> Always worth trying out on a live broadcast, I find. <laughs> Brand new, it should be better. Of course it's going to be better. Dave Spears, I mean, you're a drummer. Do you get kind of, do you, do you ever get the sort of, when you go into a studio, they bring up the selection of microphones and say, which, what would Sir prefer on the bass drum? Or uh, is it you just get whatever's left? I think the usual answer is all of them. Uh, do you know what? <laughs> I haven't got a clue. And I even looked at some old photographs to see if I could work out what things had been used on when I did do uh, studio recordings of drums because I haven't done anything like that for years and years now. Uh, and there was such a mixture. There was a 414 I could see in a picture. Wow. struck me as a bit odd. God, inside, I'd blow the diaphragm out. Yeah. Terrifying. It really did strike me as a little bit odd. Uh, but other than that, no, I have no idea. I could talk all day about what sticks... Ah, okay. <laughs> As all drummers will want to, but other than that, everything else is kind of by proxy. Okay, make it sound good, please. Yeah, well, that's always the way, isn't it? Yeah, I'm and it's funny. Remember- oh, sorry. Go. Yeah, no, 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 go ahead. Go, Mark. I was going to say, I've just remembered another really nice little trick, actually, and that is, you know the Tandy PZM microphone, which is like that weird yeah. square metal yeah, plate? yeah. yeah. If you get one of them on a big kind of three or four foot square board and you stick that in front of the bass drum quite a way, that will pick up a really nice bottom end. And that kind of in front of the kit is a nice way of capturing that bottomness of the kind of bottom. Oh, that's interesting because there's um, there were the, there were Tandy ones, there were Crown ones, there were different sorts, weren't they? They're um, Precious Own microphones. I uh, think the Crown and the Tandy ones are the same thing, just with a slightly different branding on them. I'm certain that the crown ones... I haven't seen... Now, there's a, there's a feature, isn't it? Because I guess it's the same as having a sub, isn't it? You just use a big piece of board, and the PZM microphone just picks up the, 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 the entire the board. Pressure. Yeah. The pressure from around on the board, yeah. And it really gets a nice bottom to it. I mean, obviously, you're going to pick up the rest of the kit. There's no real way of getting around that. But if you want... It's like, it's like I suppose, having like a sub room mic. Ah, yes, but you could also use them. I remember we used to use them on the walls uh, in uh, the club where I used to work for kind of audience mics for for yeah. uh, when they were doing live recordings. 
Uh, or stick them on the roof. That works as well. Uh, PZM. I don't hear enough about PZMs. I think PZMs are probably something you need to investigate a bit more, a bit more closely. I did want to say before uh, we we kill this title, um, kill this topic, was that uh, the Corey Kobe Fari's recording studio, it's Mike Shootout products, brilliant. They've got baritone. They've got all of these different. They've got bass. So I was showing the bass drum mic. They've got room mics, overhead mics, floor mics, tom mics, bass drum mics, snare mics, hi hat mics, uh, basses, acoustic guitar. Guitars, distortion guitars, cello mics, Vuvuzela. I don't know why you'd want that. That's probably just a bit of a joke. Uh, soprano mic and various different sets, which is just a great resource. And it's literally just the same as that initial video I shot with just a bloke in a room playing and they just swap the mic around and you just hear it each time. It's a really good resource. Great idea. So uh, well worth checking out. If I just put that, uh, maybe I'll be, oh, I can't put that in the, um, the, the chat room because I haven't got all me cut and paste handy. Let's have a look. I might be able to. We try that now. Got one-handed. Ah, copy and let's see. Can I do that? Go on, paste. There we go. Oh no, that's the wrong cap. Uh, no, I can't do it because uh, <laughs> I haven't got the ability to hit return on this keyboard. Anyway, um, so yes, that's uh, the D12 uh, AKG D12 VR is expected to ship. Let's see when's it shipping. It's shipping. Um, oh, October this year. Uh, it, what's interesting about it, it's got uh, phantom power or no phantom power. So with phantom power, you get more of a sort of traditional kind of sound. But with when you put phantom power enabled, you get three sub- switchable filter presets can be used to adapt the mic responses to shoot to suit the user's desired kick drum sound, which is kind of a nifty idea. Uh, it's going to be about 350 quid, which uh, I don't know if that's a lot for a bass drum mic. It sounds a lot, but I don't know whether it is or not. Guys, have we got you back yet? Um- I, yeah, have you got my video? I haven't got your video, but I've got you. So that's that'll do for the time being. I can show your uh, smiling icon there, and that's uh, that's fine. So that's that's excellent. But yeah, but um, D12 looks like it could be good, and it's got various different peaks on it. In fact, um, I don't know if you can see that. You might be able what, to see it. You probably what were the round ones they had? The D112. No, is that what it was? Like well, there were there was a D12. Was uh, which was like the kind of square one that, that people used, that was almost like a kind of crooner mic they used yeah. to see in the fifth. Then there was the D112, which was slightly like kind of oval. oblong. Then there was the D12, D112E, which was like an egg-shaped one. Yeah, that was it. And then there was, I think that was the last one, wasn't it, Gaz? I forget now. It's been such a long time since I've done live sound. It's still really... a current one, I think. You, you know, it's quite, um, you know, you see it everywhere. Um, D12E, right. Yeah, the D112. D112, right, okay. A D112E. Anyway, so um, I just thought that was a bit of fun and interesting. In fact, um, we seem to have uh, jumped ahead in time. There's been like a time warp. So I think I might actually use this opportunity just to say thank you to our show sponsors. So I'm going to hit that now. And I just want to say to you... um, Yamaha, thank you very much for their sponsorship of the show. Uh, what you're seeing here, if you're watching the video, which I heartily recommend you do, you can watch this video on YouTube as well, if in case you're interested. Uh, Yamaha's world of applications. There are over 20 apps designed for use with iPod, uh, iPhone, iPad, mostly iPad, these ones actually, for editing various uh, synthesizers, uh, including the Motif... FX, XF, Mox, S90X, S70XS, Motif XS and Rack XS uh, for voice edit and performance edit so you can get the balance of the different parts. You've got XY pad for various kind of parameter automation and messing about with. Uh, and the multi-edit for balancing the voices, the mixer 
and the EQ and the effects, all that sort of things. There's also some other great applications. There's something called Setlist Organizer, which uh, me and Gaz have had a look at in the Sonic Touch show, which is our iPad show. Uh, that's a great thing. That sends out uh, MIDI notes, sorry, MIDI program changes and lets you annotate various portions of songs uh, just a very useful sort of control station for a load of MIDI gear there's also the synth arp and drum pad which is an arpeggiator and a drum pad uh, application but it's also now got built-in synth with uh, 61 sounds and seven drum kits plus the ability to sequence patterns and what have you so anyway yamaha apps well worth checking out www.uk.yamaha.com and once again we thank yamaha for their continued sponsorship of the show uh okay let me go back to my notes uh yeah wow what about this then chip tunes eh mental <laughs> this is the piano cade it's uh essentially a chip tune um device that's sort of made to look a bit like a game uh, it's using those buttons that you used to see in arcades and the joysticks from the from the 70s in fact i do remember there was actually a synthesizer that used those very buttons on the front of electronics and music maker or electronic musician or something where you make it in a kit and i remember it was the first thing i ever wanted in terms of uh, a synth i never did get around to making it because i'm terrible at electronics but what i can't understand is this whole kind of deal with uh, chip tunes. I mean, it seems to be a massive amount of it. I didn't re- quite realise how popular chip tune is. If I go to uh, my MacBook here, I've got um, found on YouTube. There's various different tunes. This is 117,000 views. Various other things. There's also uh, the, all these kind of tunes made in the chip tune style. Well, I guess it's the arpeggio and that side of things. So if I turn it up a bit. It just seems to be everywhere, or at least there's a there's a sort of subculture of it, and some of it's really kind of quite hardcore. If I um, we take it forward to a cup, this is like a compilation. This isn't the hardcore one, obviously. That's very. I think this one might be. Let me have a look. This is a chip tune compilation, and these, some of them are pretty full on. And not only that, but there was also this. Uh, this chap here called uh, Linus uh, Ackerson, who's chip-tuned his organ and is playing <laughs> kind of popular hits from video games live on this organ. I just didn't know this stuff existed. I think I've been leading a fairly sheltered life, and I don't really understand uh, why I've not um, why this has escaped me. Mark, uh, you made some very interesting observations about Mr. Linus Ackerson, um, namely that he appears to have a wedding ring as well as being a, into chip tunes, which does seem incompatible <laughs> when you're on the well, face of it. To, I used to have a Game Boy years and years and years ago, and I used to play that Tetris game, and it, I just couldn't get my head around the fact that he was actually just playing that live. He just got... Yeah. I was thinking, like, my God. So he's gone to the trouble of learning all of these different tunes... I mean, it must take some practice to play that live. And I was just thinking his poor wife, because she must be driven nuts by all of this. He didn't mention whether or not the chipophone has headphone output, which I'd imagine is probably one of the first things you'd want to modify and have on there if you shared a house with anybody at all. I I can see how it could be used in, in kind of modern music. I can see how it would fit in with, like, the Skrillex kind of vibe or yeah. all, all of that, to have some of this stuff kind of going on. 
I mean, I don't know. Do computer games even make this noise anymore, or or is the sound much more comprehensive? I believe it's much more advanced these days. But I think there seems to be a you know, yeah. it's like a it's a, it, it, it's just like a um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a niche. A niche, a niche yeah. Market. I think you're probably right with that. I know, Gaz. Does this mean anything to you? Are you are you kind of aware of the whole chip tune thing? Oh. Absolutely, yeah. And I think it's a lot to do with a certain purity, you know. I think there's a kind of, it's very pure music in many ways, you know. It's kind of, um, you know, it has to rely on very bold tunes and very kind of clear melodies, very clear programming. And I think this is part of the appeal, you know, that working with that kind of restriction. But also, you know, there was always this... Uh, subculture really back in the 1980s of, um, uh, of of people who were making tunes like using trackers and that yeah. kind of thing and um, you know and I think that uh, it is a continuation of that and it is quite culty but um, and of course you know uh, young people kind of see it <laughs> young people I know those <laughs> <laughs> but they kind of see it in a you know it's a very cool it's got a cool retro thing about it i must admit when you watch that video the funniest thing about it about the um what's it called the piano cade um is the last scene it's got one as on a guitar strap on <laughs> a strap yeah <laughs> a two octave one and uh i just thought wow now that would be the most nerdiest thing to wear in a gig ever but i mean kind of cool uh but i think yeah you know it it's quite interesting watching that guy who's playing the organ, um, you know, and he's playing these tunes. You know, computer games are not new anymore, are they? You know, they they are like an established thing, and these tunes are part of a lot of people's lives. And uh, so, you know, I think it's quite interesting that they should be, you know, they should be like kind of the greatest hits of these. Uh, I'm seeing if I can find um, his uh, rendition of the Tetris theme, because I think this is one that we'll all know and love, but I, I'm just... Brilliant. No, that's something else. That's Rockman. Commando High Score. He's got the drums on the uh, on the bass pedals here. This is quite moody, actually. <laughs> Yeah, I, I ju- it does escape me. I suppose it is. I mean, is it a bit? Is it a bit like saying you know songs are only you know if you can play it on an acoustic guitar, then it's you know it's all there. I, I suppose if you could play it on a chip tune, <laughs> and it still came it's across, that would be the same thing. He is, yeah, very very tight. He's playing you- very tight. Do you think he's got it in a sequence, or and he's just miming? No, I don't think he is. I think he actually genuinely just has 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 that fairly well nailed. Thinking that out, the drums on his feet, and then he's got these doing the left hand, the right hand, and the drums with his feet. How the hell is he thinking that out? Yeah, but now you're getting into the how do people who play the organ? I mean, there's there are some amazing. uh, What's the name of the guy? There's a guy, Jay Denson. There's a guy called Jay Denson who plays in the Bristol area. He's a kind of recluse. He collects organs, and he's one of the best organ players I've ever seen in my life. He could just rock the place. Yeah, he's he's, he's the just guy. three Leslies, and he plays the the bass pedals and everything, and both manuals. That he's just um, and you just look at him, you just go, how the hell do you do that with so much soul? Band from the band from the um, oh. What's the pub? The great, the bell in Bath. Banned for it? What for playing too loud? Why is he banned? I think for I think something to do with um, ma- making too much noise, loading his uh, Leslies into the van after the gig. 
Yeah, he 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 he. I remember this. This is very off topic and very localized. So you international listeners probably are not going to be getting an awful lot from this. But he is he is an. If you get a chance to, if you search for Jay Denson and there, I don't know if there are any YouTube videos of him, but he is an amazing organist. But he just drinks like a fish, and he's a very uh, unusual and uh, eccentric person, which is great because that's what the world needs to a degree. I know, Dave. I'm coming back to you quick. Let's bring it back to the chip tune world. Um. Do you ever feel the need to program any chiptune type stuff into your uh, marvellous soft synthesizers or are you more about uh, movement and uh, sonic beauty? This was brilliant. He, uh, uh, Not this thing, the strap-on thing, the arcade, whatever it is, piano. The other guy, for me, I just got lost in his videos and I knew I was going to evoke a reaction from Chris when I just kind of sent him this link going, oh, here's one right up your street. <laughs> but this isn't about it. I mean, this is largely sometimes about nostalgia because yes, that's the word I've grown up for, you know, for playing all these games. It's a little known secret that I used to do things like when I had a real job, take a week off work to finish a computer game on the Spectra, uh, on the um, Commodore 64. So the SID chip for me was a kind of, was a special thing. What I thought was really amazing about this was that actually a lot of these sounds you can get out of the imp. And because it's got that kind of 8-bit vibe, particularly with the additive stuff. But what was brilliant about this was when he put the noise, that little puff of noise before the waveform itself, before the triangle or whatever it was, the pulse width, that really did make all the difference. I think of it more of a chuff than a puff, but uh, that's just It was just brilliant. But what's really fascinating is, so Chris and I had this big argument because he was just like, pass me a gun now, that's it, I'm going out. And um, on a rampage. And yet... (laughs) I then sent him a link to this video, and you will probably just hear a little bit of this. Wake up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy. Oh, yeah. Right, which is a load of, the, which is like the Sid station and very stuff chipped like that. Too. Well, that sort and of fixed, in, that fixed interval sort of line is, is very now, isn't it, as well? It's all... It's all about context, this is, and this is actually... I managed to convince Chris that, that it was all about context. Once you put these things in context with other things, it's a bit like people who go, oh, all DX7s are rubbish. Within context, the DX7 can be magnificent. In a Boys Did to Men know? track, for instance. Yeah, I'm not sure what I'd go that but yeah no i loved it and i thought this guy was absolutely brilliant although mark's observation about wedding ring and stroke home org- uh, organ converted into a chip tunes device was probably spot on but yeah brilliant Abs- absolutely brilliant the fact that when he started doing the stuff with his feet i was like this these are the people we need to take to nam and make them do demos and he should be there shouldn't he guitarists. Oh, yeah They'd just be so dry, and people would just really be confused by it all. Yeah, so I'm a huge fan. Excellent. Well, I'm glad that uh, that floated your boat there. And uh, yes, I agree. I mean, that, that when you think about it, the chip tune sound, uh, those kind of fixed chordal intervals. I mean, it's uh, every single record that is basically you know going massive. Is I mean, that's been building for a long time though. That kind of like uh, uh, I, I'm trying to think of a. I can't sing it because it's a chord, obviously, but that sort of, you know, that whole idea, uh, that is very chiptune, very chiptune indeed. Uh, Although, you know, maybe the tones are becoming even less, you know, so uh, even less complicated. So that's an interesting thought. So anyway, yes, that's the Pianocade. Um, You can buy one. 
Uh, it comes in a one, two, or three octave. Uh, pre-order prices are Canadian dollars, uh, $250 for the one octave, 325 for the two octaves. And electronics only, uh, it's not a three octave, it's only a two octave, right? Uh, uh, electronics only 100 Canadian. So, uh, yes, you can... Um, you can get one, and you can get that from pianocade.com if that's what you desire. Sort of thing that would be uh, that one there. You can see it's got little studs around it for hanging. Although I imagine if you start leaping around, those corners could uh, give you quite a whack. It's somewhere uncomfortable if you weren't careful. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, right. Well, we're we're moving on very swiftly. Uh, Shall we have a look at the? Um, oh, uh, let's see what we'll look at. Did you want to talk about your um, the Cuneo at all, Gaz? Because I, I haven't had a chance. I've tried, but I haven't been able to um, to really do much with it. But you haven't got much video at the moment. Although I did get, I did take the liberty of downloading your um, piano video and doing that. Do you want to have a quick look at that? Yeah, talk do. about it. All right, let's just play this. This is an impromptu. Uh, this is sort of off-road topic, so the other participants will not have any notes for this. That's lovely. I could get lost in that. I played that at the beginning. Everybody was feeling very smiley and in a good mood. So, Gaz, that was you with your Cuneo. Um, what was the piano you were using there? Piano Tech, my favourite. Ah, it. is that a contact thing? No, no, it's the Piano Tech. It's, the, uh, it's a physically modern piano. Oh. Um, made by Art. Uh, I really like it for this kind of thing because it, it's, uh, it, it, it's just, it just is very, very responsive, very quick. It just feels... Uh, yeah, I think it's really, really nice. Um, I, you know, I don't know that it's always necessarily the most accurate sounding piano, but in terms of playability, I've not found a better one, really. And so you had it set up, I mean, I haven't got mine plugged in, but on the Cunia, you've got each corner has a separate trigger point. You can have it in drum mode, where it's just one note per, per thing, uh, per pad, but you had it set up so that it was, so you had potential four-note chords. Did you follow a harmonic rule for that, just out of interest? Yeah, I did, actually. What I did was, I... I um, I programmed it in the, in the well. I programmed it in the key of C major, uh, but like each one, each one I programmed in the corner and bottom left corner would be the the roots, and then uh, um, as it goes up diatonically through the major scale. But then each square includes like a, a first, third, fifth, and the octave. Um, but like if you go in, um, you know, like in C major, the first pad would be C major, the second pad would be D minor, the next pad would be E minor. So it's modal almost, yeah? Yeah. And then, you know, uh, what, what's brilliant about that is it means that, you know, every pad that you hit, you know, if you, if you hit it in, dead in the middle, you can play all four sounds at the same time. Or if you hit it sort of off center, you know, you can kind of uh, play either a single note or a pair of notes. Uh, or, or, you know, if you sweep your finger around it, you'll get it to sort of play like an arpeggio. And then on a per pad basis, it becomes very interesting. Um, so uh, then using 
A very key thing, I think, to using the Cuneo, if you're using it with Ableton Live, is the racks in Ableton Live. That's um, that's a way where you can take the native um, Ableton Live MIDI effects, or, or you can do it with any effects in Ableton Live, but if you take the, the native effects, right. the effects, create a chain, and then uh, the chain is... Um, so what I do on that one, on one of the sliders, I mapped five... Uh, popular <laughs> uh, scales, start, uh, major scale, um, like, uh, well, a few different modes, actually, um, and uh, harmonic minor, and melodic minor scales. And Well, I think that's the key, because the thing is, I, I've spent a very short amount of time with it, and I did have a bit of trouble getting it set up with uh, Ableton. I found that what happened was, is, you know, you could set it so it'll be in clip launch mode, and then there's a grid step mode, which I couldn't get working. When I was flipping between presets, it just wasn't remembering uh, yeah. stuff, and I just thought, I, I, you know what, I need to spend a bit more time with this and get it kind of working. But it, I think you're right. I think perhaps the key is, is to use it in interesting ways to trigger... Uh, yeah. Because it comes with a bunch of presets, but for me, I've tried to use those presets, and, you know, they're, in a way, it's quite interesting, but it is, uh, it really is all about configuring it to your own yeah. thing. Because, you know, there, for instance, there's like a battery preset that it comes with, but really, it, it's almost just to show you what you could do rather than saying this is the de facto battery preset yeah. you know? I think that you look online and there is an enormous amount of documentation and videos explaining unfortunately the guy who does it uh, while it's informative has got the, one of the most monotone and unengaging voices I've ever heard so it's really painful to kind of learn anything with it and it's a shame because this is obviously very innovative I mean it's only a couple hundred quid which actually I think is quite cheap for what what you're yeah. getting here and I, I don't know um, Dave have you, you we've, sp we've spoken about the Cuneo before haven't we I mean you know, I'm, you're not much of a kind of controller guy, are you? I mean, is there anything that you've seen that you would actually kind of go actually, you know, about this that you think I would quite like to to spend a bit of time mapping this to work with some of these things, or are you much prefer, you know? It, well, tell me what you think. Uh, yeah, I would in theory, and I do like the look of it. And I thought it was, you know, when we talked about it way back, wasn't it? It was at least a year ago. It was, uh, I thought, it was very cool. My problem is really simple. If I bring one more thing back into this house, I'm dead. <laughs> but then you're moving. So surely, what? What? Now the key is, Mark, uh, Dave. Now that you're now you're moving, you're going to go somewhere else in the interim period with a bit more space. You can afford to fill it up a bit more, and then when you move again, you see you'll have uh, a bit of extra. Where are you moving to? Then? It's the theory. It, uh, that's a theory. Uh, no, I'm just moving locally, Mark. But um. Oh. Yeah, that's that's it's an interesting point because I have a feeling that people will try and fill my space up for me. Do you know what? It, I don't want to get I don't want to get off topic a bit too much, but um, it's like when people buy you stuff for your office for Christmas and birthdays and stuff like that. That kind of really uh, irritates me a bit because this is like this is my space and it should be full up with my stuff. <laughs> so anyway, right. But back onto the Cuneo. I mean, uh, the the thing that I like about it uh, i think is is that it's it's so when you take it out of the box it feel it's just such a it's a, a very um pleasant i mean it's an ipad so exactly the same size as an ipad one or two clever right here they've just, they've done that so it fits into ipad accessories oh is that right yeah uh, 
which is very clever rather than a bespoke sort of you know having to, you know so you can slide it into the kind of uh you know the um the ik multimedia stand for instance ah yeah. right smart move mm, and actually oh gosh my video's not working is it is there no. any way oh well hmm. you'll have to turn it on for it to work i don't know if it's not i don't it's, know why it's, saying it's on i tell you what's happened is uh thanks to um a link sent by kiwi steve um I got this card reader uh, USB hub for the iPad, and I don't know how it does it, but it powers the Cuneo without the mains. Ah, okay. Use the Cuneo and the iPad together, you know, totally wirelessly, you know, um, and that's quite interesting because the because the Cuneo is um, class compliant. Uh, so I've been using it as an Animoog controller, um, and it's. All right, and, and this is what I wasn't sure. When you use it with the iPad, you program up a template and you recall it, and then all of those controllers will work with... Yeah. Right, okay. So it, it reta- it's got some memory on board that yeah, retains so preset memory. Right, yeah, okay. It's, go only, it's, only got 16, it's only got 16 memory spaces. Um, you press a little button in the top, top corner and then choose the, the pad, and then that, that'll uh, select the, uh, the, the mode. Um, you know, and as I say, it comes preloaded with a, a bunch of presets but um yeah you'll want to kind of reset it really yeah i think that's the thing with me i just sort of thought oh brilliant i can get it working out of the box and actually i couldn't at all and so i sort of pa- i paused and i just finished up the uh the Behringer x32 video with the <laughs> s16 stage box and the p16 monitoring system i just thought right, i'll do that first and then i can uh, i can i can deal with it later some great questions here <laughs> does it frisbee well uh yeah <laughs> I'm, not, I, I'm sure it probably would actually i don't think it would survive much uh throwing about but yeah. Uh, yes, it probably there, would. There is something I want to say, though, about the Cuneo. When I first got it, I was thinking, oh, gosh, I didn't really like it very much. And then I, it was because I was doing it on a surface that wasn't giving me enough kind of resistance. I, uh, on my desk in my studio, which is quite solid, it was brilliant on that. But if you use it on something like... Um, a pillow. <laughs> yeah, on a pillow, yeah. It, you've got to have... You need, it, you, need some, you need it to yeah, resist. I thought, I thought, oh, it wasn't as good as my machine for the the pads uh, because the machine in a way its own the machine's own kind of body will kind of um provide enough uh resistance so you know so you can have the machine balanced on your ah, okay yeah because there's not much mass to it is there right that's, that's okay right. i've got it well so, yeah. perhaps uh, and I'm, I'm i'm we're hoping to schedule another uh, sonic touch as soon as we can um events are transpiring against us but it'd be great to get the cuneo involved and we've got a lot of stuff to look at actually and not not notwithstanding one of them being actually um the uh ppg the, not uh, well, the ppg but also the sit- percussion synth impactor which i've got a little video for here which is yeah. this is quite cool just, that's not it it's this one let me play that quickly do you see that link there that was seamless wasn't it what do you think of that oh dave's got it as well Somebody's. I won't play it anymore. There's uh, there, there's some uh, weird drum. audio glitching going on. I'm not sure. Drum drum jam is out as well. That's by the makers of Thumb Jam, and that's that's really cool. We'll co- yeah, we'll definitely cover that in Sonic Touch. I wanted to talk about this one because purely because it's basically like a wave drum mini. 
that's essentially the kind of the you know the wave drum minute. I thought it was actually down to uh, the uh, heptic feedback, but it's actually reading from the mic to trigger the sound. I've got I've got a copy of it here somewhere. Um, I don't think I'll play it because it just starts to trigger everywhere. Dave Spears, I noticed you were brandishing it there. Yeah, Have I bought f- it. Yeah, uh, I think it's uh, two ninety nine, isn't it? Yeah. Have you, does it, I haven't had a chance to mess around with it. Does it take a little bit of getting the sensitivity set up? Or uh, as a drummer, speaking as a professional drummer. Well, it was kind of, yeah, I mean, it was actually reasonably okay. But I did something and then all of a sudden this solo thing came up and I was just like, oh, God. What, what a drum solo? I said, you now have to do a drum solo. Yeah, for 25 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and then give yourself a round of applause. No, um, it yeah, says... you're the only one who's going to be. Well, it says noise bag. It's got solo on there now so i don't know what how that occurred i just punched that button but it's quite complicated i mean it's reasonably complex there's an awful lot of stuff you can do with it so i kind of i only bought it about 20 minutes before the show started so i'd quite like to spend a little bit of time with it i mean that's a nice little synth there yeah it's made by the same people who made the sunriser is that right yeah, like yeah. that's like the JP eight thousand, which is a great a, a great synth as well. So I mean, it's got some good sort of synth credentials in there. Um, I think it's we're very all... sensitive. I mean, it put it picked up like my nipper walking down the stairs, and she's not particularly heavy. Yeah, no, I noticed that as well when I I, I tried it in because I didn't have any spare services, so I went into the other room <laughs> to and used on the table, and then I walked in here and started doing stuff, and I kept hearing this kind of little funny chippering noise from next door. And I thought, what the hell's that? And I realised I just left it running, and it was picking up kind of me just sort of tapping on my keyboard from in here. I'm mean, guessing there's probably auto gain on the mic, and you you can mess around with the sensitivity and that side of things, um, but it's it's. I mean, when you look at the um, it's, it is pretty much the same thing as the Wave Drum Mini. The one thing that didn't, which is the, the Korg Wave Drum, which has a pad plus a third-party kind of, uh, not a third-party, a, a, a satellite um, piezo, so you can, you can play on two surfaces at the same time. The one thing that I really wish it had, and I'm guessing this is the same reason that the Wave Drum doesn't, is because of the, the levels of uh, expression you can get from a mic don't really uh, translate to MIDI all that well. And it would have been great if you could... Tr- get it to trigger MIDI notes um, somehow as well. Yeah, be, there's no yeah, MIDI yeah. background MIDI or anything going on there, which is uh, which was a shame. But to be honest, I think I just bought it because it was annoying. <laughs> and who have you Cause been? Now I because now I can just sort of and everywhere we go, and you have to use it with the headphones on, don't you, so that it doesn't pick up the mic and stuff like that. So only I get to hear it, and other people just get to hear. All that <laughs> perfect there's going to be trains everywhere there'll be drummers run rushing for the uh, seats with uh, tables on trains uh, up and down the west coast main line um, just to sort of so they'll all be sitting there then maybe there's a way of kind of if, if it gets hooked up with this audio bus there'll be a way of everybody jamming together in one big kind of drum circle on the on the 820 to london paddington Sounds yeah. good to me. <laughs> Everyone in the carriage, in the noisy carriage. Yeah, in the noise. This there'll be a drumming yeah. carriage only. That's drummers, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> flash mob. Just, that's they'll just it is, decouple it? it halfway to London. Yeah, leave you there. Drumming um, flash mob. That's an interesting idea. <laughs> I, I, I'm guessing, Mark. I don't know if um, is this sort of thing that appeals to you. I mean, I, I guess hitting something is is a little less. Um, it's less private, isn't it, than just prodding your finger at an iPhone with a pair of headphones on. You have to, you have to have almost the consent of the people around you, which is uh, often hard to get when it comes to drumming. Oh, he's gone. That was obviously a f- such a probing question. 
<laughs> but uh, he was unable to answer it. Frightened. Uh, but yeah, Beep Street audio. Um, that's the um, impactor. I think I've got a screenshot of it here. If I just uh, switch to that, yeah, Beep Street view in iTunes. Nice, nice design. Uh, customer reviews. Yeah, Beep Street quality, excellent. Two ninety nine pounds, four ninety nine US dollars. We may well cover it on Touch if we get the opportunity as well. Sonic Touch when we when we next do a show. Um, so. Next thing, let's have a look. What was the other thing I wanted to have a look? Oh man, the other annoying thing. What other annoying thing? Oh, the, is that the side chaining through? Um... Oh no, sorry. No, what was the what was the uh, annoying thing you were thinking of? The the animals. The robots. Yeah. Yeah, I think we'll finish with that because that is yeah. just very disturbing. Right, I'm going to have to hang up there, and we'll get Mark back. Hello. Hello, Mark. You're back. Yeah, I can't see anything, but oh yeah, excellent. What happened there? Was that you or me? Uh, well, it wasn't me. It must have been you. How very strange. Um, uh, you were asking me about hitting things and... Consent. Yes. Yes. I, I, li- I like the look of it, but really, to be honest, my in-time playing is about as accurate as... Um, uh, I can't think of anything inaccurate, actually. The clock in King's Cross train station, maybe. I mean, I, I just can't play in time. I, can't, I can barely play the guitar in time, and that's my instrument. I, I'm the other end of the spectrum to Niall Rogers. If he's, like, super tight, super funky, <laughs> super... You know, into, I'm sometimes, like, half a beat off with my <laughs> lead solos and things. So, um, Spend a lot of time in the editor. Yeah, I need to edit everything and get myself back in time. So, um, you know, I can have the ideas and I can... I think because I sometimes think about other things when I'm playing and I forget that you're supposed, <laughs> you're to, supposed like, to be concentrating. Blank your mind, aren't you? <laughs> and just go with the go with the notes. And I kind of, I'm thinking about like, hmm, maybe I should put that 15-inch wheel on the back of my motorbike while I'm going... And of course, you know, that sometimes those other thoughts take uh, precedent. Right, so, I got you. I like the look of it, and I thought it was a good idea, and it looks like it makes all the right noises, but I'll never be able to play it in time, so I haven't bought it. <laughs> well, that's very honest of you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Opened, I opened a package during this podcast. I bought oh. this. Oh, what's that? Oh, that looks this like a, a, mi- a microphone spider. Oh, yeah. What's that for? That looks like it's going to fit a uh, C12 or something. It probably would. It's going to fit my Octava MK219, but this is actually really good quality, and I paid £9 on eBay, and that included the postage from China. So wow. I'm, I'm actually really impressed. The, I've been getting some great... Um, uh, oh, you've gone again. I've been getting some great stuff from China. Um, I'll put my video on there, all my... It'll all come back. Oh, it's, everybody's gone. Oh, I'm here. Oh, well, everybody's video's gone, <laughs> including mine. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You have? Oh, no. How bizarre. I don't know what's going on there. That's, um, yeah, I don't know what what I can say. This might be, uh, oh, well, I'll switch to this shot, and then uh, then we can, um, I can, I can not worry too much about it. It's funny, Skype is behaving really strangely today, because what usually happens with Skype is when you roll over, you don't see those overlays on the screen capture, but they started to come back. So, I don't know, they've probably just done something whereby what they've done is uh, created a way of um, updating Skype and making it all different. Still, yeah. I won't moan about it too much, because uh, we're getting close to the end. That's good, yeah. That, 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 there are some amazingly brilliant um, pieces. I also got these things uh, which are special clamps. They're super clamps. Oh, yeah. Oh, 
Now what's happened? My videos. Ah, oh, there we go. They're super clamps, which you use for uh, clamping uh, Manfrotto Magic Arms, which are these kind of uh, multiple, uh, multiple, um, not nipple clamps, no. A mu uh, <laughs> I don't know what's happening here. This, uh, ah, I see. Who said nipple clamps? Somebody in the chat room, Geeky Disco. Oh, okay. Sorry. So, uh, yeah, and, and, and they came from China. They needed a bit of spot welding to make them perfect, but they were about half the price of anything else. So it can be done. It's just sometimes you don't, maybe you don't want to get them for extremely valuable and high-risk uh, situations. But, uh, yeah, you can get some great stuff. Um, I'm, try I'm desperately trying to figure out how I'm going to uh, perhaps do another, any more of the show without anybody showing up on video. Um, what was the other thing? back on, but... You've I've turned yours back on. You're not working. coming. I don't know what's going on here, but everything else seems to be working, and the stream's working. Oh, am I back on? No, you're no, not back on. Your, your video is... Uh, it just It's trying to come back. Oh, there you go. You've come back. I wonder if it's a bandwidth yeah. thing. I can, me that. I can see Dave. I, I don't know what's going on here anymore. It doesn't really matter because... Uh, well, I think we've all changed internet provider. Yeah, we? no, I haven't. Gaz I haven't. has. Gaz has, Dave has... Gaz. No, I oh, I thought you said you had, Dave. No, I'm trying. Oh, you're trying to. You see, I'm that's just it. Trying to get internet it's, in another place. It's just the it. intent. You see, uh, the intent yeah. of it has caused all sorts of problems. How okay. are you going to move all your sins? With over Great. a long period of time. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but I'll have to cross that bridge when we come to it. Lots Maybe. of bubble wrap. Yeah, bubble wrap and careful uh, professional movers, or just people that you can trust that'll just yeah. Um, okay, right. Uh, well, this th this we'll do, I'll do, want to do this one very quickly because I mean it's not a particularly uh, enthralling video, but it it, it it illustrates a point. Oh, that's not it. It's this one. For side chaining electrobes by running them through Ableton Live. This is just a video I found uh, by a chap called Timothy on YouTube where he just demonstrates how to sidechain uh, hardware through Ableton uh, against each other. So you basically use some sidechaining and that sort of pumping effect, which you know in itself is nothing new. Uh, and this is really, it's not really about the content of this video. It's more to do with the fact that, you know, in the world that we inhabit, it's all really about continuing to learn new stuff. And I was just wondering what was the last new thing that you perhaps learned, whether it by YouTube or whatever. So we're, we're sort of talking within the field of music technology or maybe music production or technique or something that, that, that you would like to share with us. Uh, I'll go first, uh, just purely because um, Dave's looking like he hasn't got anything to say and the other two video <laughs> sources aren't working at all. Um, and the thing that I've, I, I discovered was the ability to do this uh, just ducking on the Yamaha DM mixer so that I can pre-mix things into... Uh, so, for instance, if I... I can quite easily illustrate this by playing um, a bit of a bit more video of Mr. Chip, Chipper Tune. One, two... And when I talk... Uh, although it's not actually working, perhaps that's not. Yeah, it turns down the music against uh, against myself. So if you see when I talk, um, my incoming signal just ducks the outgoing uh, the other channels by a certain amount. So it means that I can continue to talk, and it's it's used on radio and TV a lot. And I use it for mixing stuff into camera when I'm doing demonstrations, and I don't want to do a multi-channel mix and then have to recombine it later in the editor. I just and we do it with the iPad show where we've got stuff coming in, and either one of us talks, it just dips the level of the iPad so you can still hear us 
and any other music. And that's the thing I learned recently. I just wonder what anybody else had been uh, been learning from that thing. I mean, I'll go to you, Gaz. Um, yeah. It's because your smiling face is there. I mean, what's? Do you find that you're constantly learning how to do stuff or figuring it out? I mean, what's the what was the last thing that you did? Oh gosh, uh, all the time, all the time. I mean, I. I've just been inundated with new bits of kit recently, so I've been having to learn lots of stuff. Like the like machine, for instance. Um, I've been having, I've been trying to learn how to not just use the machine, but how learning how to sort of do the kind of MPC type of workflow, which is something I hadn't really done before. Uh, and and the reason why I'm exploring that is just because I I thought that. Uh, the hardware forces you to work that way, mm. and it's uh, so I've been learning to to work in that way, um, and and it's kind of interesting. Uh, but I am having to fight the uh, the tendency to sort of make a kind of generic sounding stuff with it. Um, that I think that that workflow tends to kind of lead towards. Um, so uh, I, you know, um, so I'm trying to kind of find interesting ways of doing stuff um but uh, let me think what else oh gosh it feels like i've just been learning and learning and learning all sorts of stuff at the moment um i am trying to learn osc at the moment um, are you wow uh partly because the cuneo will work with osc and also reaper now supports osc as well so i think that's uh you know there's a whole world of interest there um uh what else what else um oh yeah for me it's all been about learning video as well i mean i've just put a couple of videos up today and yesterday what did you use to film that by the way was that the iphone or the q3 iphone Ah. Uh, yeah it looks great doesn't it (laughs) (laughs) and then using uh final cut pro x which that's yeah i've just started to learn about final cut pro x as well i thought i'd give it a go and the other thing that i wanted to um just quickly share is I've been using MIDI Designer Pro to create a switching interface for um, the uh, the reviews I do. So I I don't know if you can see that. So I've got, I can switch uh, cameras, one, two, three, four, into preview. I can also go into record. I can switch programs. So I'm going between my editor and my capture program. I've got a big record button. And then sometimes when I do it, it goes, oh, are you sure that clip has already been recorded? And rather than walk all the way back over from the set to the machine, I've got a button that just says, yeah, keep that one. So all of this stuff can be operated via MIDI uh, using this uh, application that I've designed, this, 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 uh, and this interface that I've designed. MIDI Designer Pro, we did cover it on... Uh, yeah, it's a brilliant application. It's really good, isn't it? Really, really good. Really good. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. So, um, Dave, I'm going to put you on the spot now. I don't care that you were looking like you didn't have anything to say. You're, gonna, you're damn well going to talk, man. What, what, I mean, what do, you, do you find that, you're, that you have the opportunity to do that, or are you learning in outside, outside of fields to, more to do with the development stuff? Uh... It depends what my task is for the week or the day or the moment. Uh, I mean, I always try and keep learning. I'm the, I've been learning about the whole polymod section on the profit, which has been really fascinating. I'm hoping to kind of get a video done on that whole instrument because it really is the profit quite ten. Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was pretty. Uh, I believe it was John Bowen's idea, the whole polymod section, and that was what really gave it the kind of character. So I've been doing a lot of research on that. 
Uh, I was at GoDaddy the other day, and I learned how to learned not to, <laughs> yeah, not Which... to pull the cable out of the router. Um, Very good. Sometimes it's like what not to do as opposed to what to do. Um, I don't know. Yeah, all sorts of things. But, you know, like Gaz, I think that's the great thing about this whole industry, if you can call it that. Oh, I learned how to do DMCA takedown notices. They're quite interesting. Ah, okay. So skill everybody probably will need to... Yeah, I'm a, I am not know I'm a, how to do that. Well, I can tell you easily enough. It's I'm an expert on that now. Um, but, yeah, you know, when you stop learning, it's time to do something else yeah i mean the thing that i find quite interesting also it's all to do with investing in your workflow isn't it and so knowledge that helps with your workflow is really important and i think you know i mean a lot of what we've talked about in the past has been down to workflow and how it incorporates you know whether it's a new piece of equipment or whatever and that's part of um the way you evaluate things and whether or not you can use them because if you can figure out a way to incorporate them in your workflow without it actually getting in the way then that's great. And that's what I mean, like this week, for instance, uh, I've been working on a new image editing system because we've got a site redesign on the way. So we're going to need thumbnails of a different size and all sorts of poster frames and stuff. And I, rather than everybody who posts news being able to, having to kind of have Photoshop or all these other things, I've been finding these amazing online editors and things that I can just kind of, I, in fact, I tweet the, the last thing I learned, which is really cool. I think it's really cool. I don't know if it will show up, is if I go and find an image here, uh, yeah, there's an image, and I, I can I can right-click on that, and I've written this little, I don't know if you can see that, edit for sonicstate.com news. So now if I hit that, it's going to go to this uh, editor called pixlr.com with that URL. Very, very cool. And with a little thing attached to the, I've edited the this Chrome extension to attach this return URL. So now I can do all of this stuff in here. You know, I'll, I'll, let's have a look. I'll, you know, let's do some radial blur or whatever, and then I can save this. But it'll save it to a page on my site that means now I can use that image in our new system, for wow. instance. You know, and I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. It's just adding a bit of HTML. But it turned me a little while to kind of, you know, to figure that out. And I just, but, you know, those are the sort of things that I enjoy, you know. And I think it's important to spend time in workflow because it makes things, you know, just generally. <laughs> just very, very quickly, Nick. I know loads of people have had issues. I think even Gareth had problems with, uh, you know, the iWeb, was it, disappearing? Yeah. yeah. There's a really cool uh, thing called, it's Wix.com, W-I-X.com. That's something I've been kind of getting my head around, because I had a site on iWeb, you know, my own personal site, which died. I wasn't that fussed about it, because I hadn't updated it for a gazillion years. But then I kind of thought the other day, oh. And it's, and it's nice, because it's got the kind of decent design templates, and it's very, very intuitive. I've been kind of spending a bit of time with that. Well worth it. Uh, okay. Cool. Thank you very much. Can you import oh. stuff from your from iWeb or do you have to start from scratch? No, you have to start from scratch. Yeah. Uh, Most of my blah was just copying and pasting text though, so Right. Gotcha. Anyway, worth a look. Definitely. Um what about you, Mark? What was the last thing that you think you kind of uh, you might have uh, learned my and last applied? Piece of mastery. I'm gonna try and share this as succinct ses- can't even say it. Succinctly. Succinct yep. Yeah, that one. Um I've been playing around with impulse responses, so making impulse responses of acoustical spaces. But the one thing that goes wrong with that is that the speaker that you use and the microphones that you use color the space, right? So I've been, I just put a speaker like 100 feet away from me and stand there with binaural ear uh, microphones in 
and stand there and record this sweep like a boop, which and which is very loud. And and then I come home and then I put the thing in the in the computer. And of course, the binaural mics like to make things brighter because if we go all hi-fi and we want to impress people, we brighten things up a bit. And, of course, the speakers like to make things brighter, so I end up with this kind of bright representation of that acoustical space, and I'm thinking, well, that's not really worked, and then how the hell am I ever going to get to the point where I can EQ that to make it sound right? So I've become a huge fan of match EQ. So what I'm doing is I'm playing a blast of noise first and recording the noise as well. So I've got the noise generator from Logic, and then I basically use the noise generator as a template in Match EQ, and then I take the recorded noise, and I use that as my current, and then I do a match so that I can match my uh, very bright-sounding reverb back to what the actual room sounded like. And then it doesn't matter what speakers you use or what microphone you use, as long as your using the same one each time because it matches it back to the noise generator in Logic, which is completely flat. So I've been uh. experimenting with that and just basically creating very realistic uh, binaural reverbs of different halls and spaces and, uh, and then being able to add them to things and hearing them in headphones. Obviously, there's a little bit of coloration in the headphones, but they're pretty bloody close, and it's, uh, it, it means I've sort of improved... Uh, it, it, expanded my reverb palette and got some new ways of kind of putting um, spaces on things that works quite well, actually. So you're collecting them yourself, and oh, that's interesting. I am, yeah. Ah. Yeah, I am. Cool. Mm. Nice. Is, and is there, will you be able to re-impulse those impulse responses so that they've been EQ'd so that you then don't have to rematch it? Or, or I did think about doing that. I mean, I, yes, I probably could. I don't know if it will lose another generation in that. I mean, obviously, the impulse response isn't a million percent accurate, but it's mm. quite close. I mean, it's quite believable, some of the things. that Because I, I recorded some bells in this place, and then I thought, if I really want to recreate this, I need to get that sense of space around them. So I actually did impulse responses in there. So I kind of close mic the bells, or relatively close mic and then did the impulse response, and then recreated the whole thing with the match EQ. And that did sound quite realistic. But um, Brilliant. Well, that's a, that's a great piece yeah. of uh, research and, and learning how, uh, how to do something. Well, I mean, it's incredibly complicated. The thing I have missing is a completely flat reference point in the real world. I mean, what I actually need is like a, a, a one-meter cube, like a box or something that I can just put in the middle of the room that generates perfect white noise or perfect pink noise, either one of those. And nobody seems to make anything like that. I mean, you can get, you know, to get a, microf- uh, to get a reference microphone calibrated costs so much money. So I bought a Behringer reference mic, but of course it's not really very accurate and it's only as accurate as the manufacturing process allows and then really I should get that calibrated. Well, don't you need a B&K? Isn't that what that everybody always used to use? B&K, Brule and Kaya, who are, um, uh, were the ones that everybody used to use. B&K. Aren't they about 750 quid though? Well, yeah, but if you want neutrality in a microphone, it's going to cost you probably more than a Behringer um, is likely to... to uh, certainly at the moment. I, I'd give it another year or so and giving the... Uh, to be fair, giving the... Uh, um, the Where credit's due, the amount of uh, effort and quality control that's gone into the X32, I think we're going to see an awful lot of uh, of quality rising 
uh, in that company, and you'll be able to see a, a lot of things getting a lot better. My, and that's my humble opinion, anyway. I mean, it, it doesn't really matter how accurate or inaccurate the microphone is, as long as you've got the calibration data. So as long as you've got the curve and you can put that in somewhere and compensate for it, then you can get it flat by EQing it. Yeah, so I guess so. That, I guess so. So they should sell microphones with calibration charts. They used they? to. They used to come in little boxes, didn't they? With a little uh, handwritten EQ curve. I'm sure you can still get them from somewhere. I don't I'm, think I've ever owned a microphone that has one, but uh, I've, I've seen them. I know it's possible. <laughs> I want one in a little box. If Behringer are listening, I want a microphone in a little box with a USB stick with a setting for that specific microphone that I can load into either Match EQ or Waves, uh, the Waves Match EQ. So I can just load the compensation curve into a plug-in and then know that anything that I've recorded with that microphone can be made flat just by putting that plug-in across it. That would be perfect. Oh, that's an interesting idea. I, I just don't know that they've got that level of uh, calibration per mic. I don't know if they measure. They probably batch measure them, batch sample for things like that that are mass produced. I mean, if you're talking yeah, exactly. kind of small runs, then I can imagine, you know, and, and high cost. Because bear in mind that somebody calibrating a microphone is a highly skilled engineer is going to take them what uh, X number of minutes, which is you know at X, you know it adds enormous to the, enormously to the price. I guess. Interesting stuff though. Uh, I, I think I've got to uh, finish because this has got nothing to do with. Me music technology whatsoever but it is absolutely bonkers uh, and i um i just find it really um disturbing for some reason and i i just wanted to play this is this is from boston dynamics they're uh, uh oh that's what i want is that one that is what i want they're basically uh, a, a robotics company and the, the reason i i just happened to see uh, somebody posted something that was a, a running robot a cheetah robot that runs and uh, there is this thing called Big Dog, which is a, a, a kind of, um, well, it's like a little robot that um, walks like a four-legged animal. And obviously, in this is, I mean, you know, we are going to be seeing this happening in terms of uh, it's going to be military uh, applications. This is, for, you know, although it's not exactly a stealth um thing if it sounds a bit like somebody riding a 50cc motorcycle at really really high revs in the mud but i'm sure they can fix that kind of stuff if that's what they need it for but it's just this amazing kind of self-writing it, it, it's really weird i'll tell you what i find it really disturbing this is the thing that disturbs me oh that's just so odd so this thing kind of can attack it, it, it almost like it has intent well it has some form of intelligence there because it's dealing with uh, a stim- you know, a compensating in real time, and this is it slipping around on ice as well. It's just, I, I tell you, what, I'm going to stop that because I just find that really disturbing. I, and I'll tell you why I find it really disturbing. It really reminds me of those uh, videos of when we're in the UK we had all this terrible um, problem with mad cow disease. That's what they look like when they kind of really ill and they can't stand up properly. And I just thought, ugh, got me spooky. But some amazing robotic stuff. I know, Dave, you were a bit, um, were you a bit spooked by this? I loved it. I thought they were amazing. Yeah, what an amazing piece of engineering. But more importantly, like 
every Saturday morning and Sunday morning, when I wake up, there's always some git round here firing up some power tool to do something. That sounds like a leaf blower, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, and I thought this would like be the perfect revenge, wouldn't it? Because you fire that up. You could just fire it up and then kind of let it wander around the yard or maybe up and down the road a bit. Especially like when, if the local kids Cl- start over people's cars as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would just be awesome. Or if anyone's tried to kind of kick it, it would just sort of do that weird thing that it did which is very spooky but also exceptionally exceptionally maybe cool. what you could what? do is you could get that one of those to move your synths one by one you know would you trust like it a camel like yeah. a camel could kind of trust yeah put the stuff over it i don't know yeah, yeah. But i'll tell you what it'd be pretty hilarious walking down the road with it though yeah. i think it's revenge on all those Strimmers. Why strimmers. Does, I've got a strimmer strimmers and things like that i don't use my strimmer very often i use my flymo more often just for those of interested, but all of that is a world away from this kind of technology. Oh, Gaz, did you see this? This is I, I don't. I, the only reason I put this in is because there's also a video of um, of this thing that they made, which can run at 28.5 miles an hour, which is faster than Hussein Bolt, and that is really weird as well. And there's also something called Petman, which walks like a human being. There's some just really kind of bizarre stuff. Um, are you into robotics at all? Yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, I am. Yeah, I think it's yeah, it's really fascinating. I mean, um, I've been enjoying uh, following uh, Curiosity's kind of uh, yeah uh, exploits on Mars. Um, so you know, to see, yeah, I mean, where should we be in sci-fi terms now, 2012 with robots? I think we're still behind, aren't we? Well, you can be assured. Yeah, but you can be assured if that's what we can see on YouTube we're probably way ahead of that because that's not obviously not the top secret stuff is it true um but yeah i mean i uh i i i do want a i do want a robot <laughs> I just want, i just want a robot can i just have a robot just please a small robot <laughs> uh, i i like the i think the thing about this is is what's sort of so um yeah, it, it, it's so sort of mad that this is that we can see this and it's capable. That what we're not seeing is probably even more out there. And the fact that it's able to kind of articulate to such a degree is what really kind of spooked me out about it. And imagine walking around and having one of those show up mm. and just seeing it. I mean, you just what would you? And and what's what I suppose what is scary about this is most of these things are going to be involved in. You know, it's going to be warfare, isn't it? Really, that's what they're for mostly. Um, so they're not necessarily going to be used, well, not necessarily going to be used for sort of the good of mankind in terms of helping old ladies across the road and stuff. Although that might be the case as well. I know, Mark. What do you think? It's it's pretty amazing stuff, though, isn't it? Um, what struck me more than anything was when I watched the video. I kind of thought, "That's bloody stupid. It's got legs. Why on earth hasn't it got wheels? Wheels would be so much more practical." And you know, we spent you know years and years developing and inventing the wheel and coming up with cars and things like that and then when i watched it climbing over rocks and things like that i thought oh god yeah human beings are like the most amazing things we can climb up the side of mountains and we can crawl over the most rocky landscapes and stuff and then i thought it's kind of practical that it's got legs and it sort of makes sense and then i sort of started to get it and think yeah it's actually really very clever and the fact i liked its little head did you see on the front of that horse thing, there's like two little heads which kind of do something in different directions. So they're kind of zzz, zzz, I you think, know, like buzzing uh, around. And is that the L3-legged squad? So this, this thing here, I'm going to switch to this. And it sort of reminded me of 
the head reminded me of K9 from Doctor Who a little bit. Is that this thing here? Yeah, that thing. That's really odd. Well, it's all video, it's all really odd. It's not just. It's, it's going it's going away from you, obviously, isn't it? Oh yeah, there it is. Yeah. It's got like it's a gimbal. The things like two little radars, which are both kind of scanning around to see what it's, you know, coming up to or walking into or whatever. Yeah, there it is. You can see it there. The two two little things. I've just, I, it's like this morbid fascination. I just can't stop looking at it. But yeah, I'm not sure how I feel. <laughs> I want to put a Chevy V8 in one. <laughs> That'd get it moving, wouldn't it? <laughs> I, oh, God, I went to Santapod at the weekend, the drag racing strip. Yeah. And I went with my mate Dave, who I've known since I was like six or seven years old. And, and before they put the top fuel dragsters down the strip, they play this music. And we'd kind of gone off for a a pizza or so, or something and and i heard the music and i said dave dave we're gonna get back to our seats and we'd been watching like the quieter cars so we kind of sat down and i said to him these ones are a bit louder than the last ones and he's like yeah 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 okay and this thing went down and the sound pressure wave hit us in the chest and he's like kind of this look of shock on his face he was like bloody elton i wasn't expecting that <laughs> and then he popped his earplugs in so i got my iap out my db meter to see how loud loud they were we're probably about 30 feet away from the track and they were measuring over 135 db so wow. that was an exciting experience that of, sounds loud you, know, you want to go and hear yeah it's, i mean you want to go and feel sound hit you in the chest and that's that's the place to go drag strip either that or an underworld gig one of the two. <laughs> Actually, I went to, uh, I might have mentioned it last year, I went to this air tattoo. Um, I can't remember where it was now, but, uh, and that was amazing. Just seeing these giant jet airplanes just throwing themselves around and they were very loud. <laughs> in fact, um, and in fact, um, there was uh, over Bath, there was a really bizarre incident, I, I think, in, earlier in the summer. Um, so a helicopter, just a, I think it was just a standard uh, civ- civilian helicopter, its transponder malfunctioned and it put out the signal that was, help, I've been kidnapped by alien forces or whatever it was. And so they scrambled a pair of uh, Typhoon jet fighters, which are really seriously kind of top of the range kind of um, military aircraft. Oh, yeah. And they came down from Warwickshire and they got here in like, two minutes or something uh, but they they sonic boomed over bath and they they wow. and they were doing this incredible evasive just i was looking up in the sky and i was thinking that looks a bit weird there were these two aircraft flying at kind of loop the loops at two miles in the air just doing this incredible stuff and firing off these weird they had these strange balloons that were sort of floating about that were obviously some kind of radar it was just really weird to watch and i was i was like going, what, what's that and i saw this balloon thing and it was because it was misshapen it looked like they were attacking it, and it was some kind of alien craft. And it turns out, you know, the news came out later. But everybody's in their garden going, "What the hell's going on here?" That was loud, but um, not as loud as being actually next to the runway. I'm sure. Anyway, this is getting very off topic, but um, much can, fun. Can we just? I was going to say, talking about news, have they released the iPhone five yet? Because that's today, oh, it's today, isn't it? It's probably going to be quite soon. Yeah. Um, I, I yes, probably. But and it's the isn't the iPad Mini going to be? Um, I think that's coming later. Is it later? Okay. Oh, I don't know. I've seen pictures. I'm not that thrilled, actually. Uh, T minus a uh, couple of hours. T minus 31 minutes, says uh, Johnny Wise in the chat room. Uh, oh, is it? Oh, okay. 
October, Nick. That's probably he means for the iPad Mini, I guess. But the the iPad, the what iPhone. What is an f- iPad Mini? It's just a little iPad. Is that a new seven inch? So it's like, apparently so. An iPod, is it? Oh, a seven seven yeah. inch. All oh, right, okay. Yeah. I uh, I mean, it's. I can't imagine it being that exciting, the iPhone 5. I don't know what it's It's going to be bigger, isn't it? It's got, the screens are just going to be 16.9, I think. Uh, I don't know. I haven't actually been following it. Uh, Redwalks has just posted in the chat room that the... Uh, uh, looks like... No, not that one. It's this one I want. That the, uh, the Schmidt Uber Analog is uh, coming. So oh, he's, man, uh, have you seen like, how much or heard how much? No, let's have a look. I'm going to go. It's like nine thousand euros down payment, and I've got a feeling another nine on completion. So yeah, eighteen thousand euros. Ooh. Let's have a look. Uh, that's not what I want to hear. I want to hear that one. Here it is. Yeah, it looks like uh, twenty-five year, eighteen thousand uh, euros, uh, including VAT. The deposit required fifty percent download, and the first batch of twenty-five units will be made. That's it for now. Well, I suppose, you know, if you think about it, if you want to make sense for a living, that's the way to do it. Get people to pay up front for the parts and then, you know, just take your time and get them made. It is a beautiful and amazing looking instrument. But that's, yeah, that's breaking news from uh, Matrix Synth, uh, looks like, um, posted, uh, when was that? Was that today? No, yesterday. No, not even yesterday. Monday. <laughs> so not breaking news. Me being old news. That, that you didn't hear it here first, folks. You just <laughs> saw it l- much later on. <laughs> anyway, um, I think that's probably going to be uh, us for today. I want to say thanks ever so much for everybody uh, joining us. That's Sonic Talk number 282. Really do appreciate it. And uh, uh, thanks for hanging in there with all your time. We will try this Google Hangout at some point. Yeah. Uh, that'll be great. Um, next week, I've got... Uh, in fact, next week, uh, we've got Roland coming down uh, to show us the Vectra... Integra 7. I keep thinking, I keep saying Vectra, which is a Vauxhall motor car. So the Integra 7 is coming. Um, Gareth is going to come and show us. Uh, we're uh, shooting a kind of show and tell thing like we did with him um, for the uh, uh, Jupiter 50. So I'm very much looking forward to that. And also next week on Wednesday, uh, we're going to be hopefully having uh, Dean. Uh, Honer. Dean Honer, who's the chap from um, iMonster and various other things. He's got a project uh, on the go. The reason he couldn't make it this week is because he was asked to go on to uh, BBC Radio to do an interview about his current uh, project, which is all to do with, with the sort of history of the Pendle Witches, all set to kind of uh, words, set to electronic music. Very interesting kind of concept album. So uh, we'll hopefully we'll get to talk to him. He's got the most splendid beard of any gentleman alive I think it's fair to say he's going to be a televisual feast. So, uh, yeah, hopefully next week for Dean Honer. And uh, we will try Google Hangout. Uh, But in the meantime, I just want to say thank you very much, everybody, for listening. It's been um, great. Can I squeeze something in very quickly? Oh, I expect so. (laughs) I've just started using Twitter. I can't believe it's taken me so long. So I'd just like to (laughs) request people to sort of follow me if they would. So I've got some... Oh, yeah. What is it? At... um, What's your name, then? Gaz Goldstar. At Gaz Goldstar. Um, I, can't, I don't have access to the lower third from this machine, but um, I will replace your songsurgeon.co.uk immediately. Oh, that would be cool for the moment anyway. Okay, so yeah. at Gaz Goldstar. I, um, I feel so stupid that it's taken me so long to kind of get it, but um, when you were talking about like, learning new things, it was like, ah... Right. <laughs> well, Twitter's very useful. Um, it, it's not as useful as it used to be. What it's great for, certainly for me, is disseminating information. So, like news headlines or cool stuff that I find when I'm just going through the feeds for news. 
that doesn't you know not necessarily going to make it into the news items or also by the same token getting breaking news from manufacturers if you follow all of the right people then you get you know you get feeds coming in and go oh that's that's hot you know that's before they've written the press release so you just get it's just a very good way of acquiring and disseminating um twitter information mm-hmm. anyway I think that's it. I think what we'll do is we'll play you out, Gaz, with um, your rather lovely um, piano piece, if that's uh, okay by you. This is uh, Gaz on the Cuneo. Um, well, there's uh, another one I've done, which has got an organ, which I'm playing an organ. Uh, I haven't got that at the moment. I can't do that because this is not, it's not in my media playback system and it would take me too long to set up. So uh, I will play you out with the piano one, but do go and um, check out what Gaz has been doing with his Cuneo online. Thank you. 